Welcome to the Scale with Tech and AI Growth Lab podcast. I am your host, Jay Farr at Tech Fusion Systems. Our guest is Mike Schindler at the VUCA Principal. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jay. I'm, I'm excited to be here. This is awesome. going to be fun. <laughs> Glad to have you. See, can you start us off and, and tell us what the VUCA Principal is? What is it all about? Oh, sure. So the VUCA Principal is the parent company, but uh, VUCA really is a, it's a military terminology kind of came out of the Army War College in 87, right around 86, 87. When for those of your audience who are listening, who were born during that time, will know that's when the Soviet Union was collapsing. And you and I both being Navy veterans, we know how the military loves its acronyms. VUCA essentially stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. And that film is really addressing not only that, what we call external factors, uh, VUCA, but how to combat it. So it's really about moving people from stuck to unstuck using uh, military methodology and, and being able to see the world in a whole new light, how to see chaos as a way, uh, as an opportunity, truly. That is very interesting. And I, I feel so stupid. I didn't know that term. <laughs> oh, no, let, let me tell you, Jay, don't, don't even. When Chris Nolan and I, so Chris was, was my partner on this, and he's three-time Emmy Award-winning director out of Hollywood, been in Hollywood for 30 years. Uh, he called me when the pandemic hit in 2020, like the whole world stopped. Everybody had plans. And then the whole world stopped. And he calls me and says, hey, we got to do it on this VUCA thing. And honestly, I've been plugged into the military space for decades, and I didn't know what it was. As a matter of fact, I thought I was like, what, Chris, is this like the new virus that's coming out? What's going on? <laughs> and he's, no, I'm telling you, we got to do it on this. So again, VUCA is... It's volatility, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Yeah. I think if you go to dinner parties and you'll ask anybody, hey, anybody have the last three years been disruptive to you? That's VUCA, right? That's when plans change, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's what we used to say in the military, two types of plans, right? Plans of my work and plans that don't work. Mm -hmm. So it's all that stuff in between. That's the external factors that people can't control. Yeah, that's, that's quite a combination the VUCA term. That's a combination of things to really make a mess of things, isn't it? That's oh, very, totally. Very, but very the cool part is how you, you combat it. So how you combat VUCA is with VUCA. And that's okay. the cool part. <laughs> all yeah. right. So you're going to have to explain that one. So first of all, like, where do we see VUCA? I mean, VUCA is everywhere, isn't it? Everywhere. All, everywhere in the world. It's that's right. in systems and processes and economies and just it's everywhere, isn't it? It's everywhere. It's everything. It's when plans change. And you hear how people say, listen, that wasn't part of the plan. Of course not. That's VUCA. Those are external factors, right? Those are things that happen that we don't plan for. That's the volatility. That's the disruption that goes on. It's the uncertainty of the marketplace. Like information is changing so fast, so rapidly right now. People are very uncertain, right? And then complex systems. We've got 70,000 different inputs on a daily basis almost. The human brain can't even keep up. And then the ambiguity of what goes on, because there isn't any certainty, right? Mm -hmm. Things are ambiguous. But how you combat that is pretty interesting. It's like the yin and the yang. So how you combat VUCA is with VUCA. This is like a Bob Johansson term. He's one of the teachers at uh, the Army Work College. And he says, how you combat it is with VUCA. And that's with vision, understanding, clarity, and adaptability. It's a different VUCA. That's where you have the yin and the yang, right? You have opposing forces that complement each other. So even though you have volatility, you're able to navigate volatility, uncertain conditions when you have vision, right? So 
it's similar to the military. If you think about it, when I was in the service, I had a great chief who said, Mike, let me tell you what your purpose is. And I'm like, I'm all in, right? I'm a young, I'm a late teenager, 18 years old. He's let me tell you what it is. And he says, your purpose in the world is to help save the world from bad people. All of a sudden, my purpose is really clear. That's my vision, Mm -hmm. right? My mission suddenly becomes very clear. It's anything that is related to helping accomplish that purpose. And my identity was my rank, my uniform, and what I did for the military. When you get out, people lose sight of vision. They show up to a job. That's their mission. They get bored with the job, Mm -hmm. right? They don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. And that's where they become essentially, they fall victim, what we call below the line. They become a victim instead of a victim, a victor. So everything is, life is happening to them. How many times, Jay, have you heard people say, oh, it's because of this or he or she or Mm -hmm. they, it's always external factors are responsible. What we say is not, when you get above the line, when you start living in vision and understanding and clarity, and you can adapt, you begin to own things. You take extreme ownership, as Jocko would say, you take extreme ownership and you go, no, I, we, us, okay? That is when you're in the hero, the victor mentality. So in the film really helps people navigate into that. It tells great stories, never before told stories that are based on military heroics. It's pretty cool. So VUCA, the the good VUCA and the bad VUCA are all from military, army, war college strategy. Correct. Yeah, it's a methodology. It's really a terminology that turned into a training that's really taught at the higher levels and the special operators level. And in many cases, doesn't filter down, which is unfortunate. And our goal is to be sure that everybody's aware of it. We have people now that just go, hey, Mike, I've got a VUCA moment. And it's so easy from a team perspective, because then we can look at them and say, walk me through, is it a good VUCA moment or is it a bad VUCA moment? Walk me through it. So it gives you common language. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. That is the bad VUCA, those four bad things working in concert. That is a powerful negative force. That is hard to combat if you can't at least identify it. And I think there's such a disconnect with people because I hear people talk like that a lot. This happened. It wasn't expected. It's not my fault because I didn't account for such and such or so and so. And we can understand that and go, yeah, that makes sense. I understand what you're saying, but your mistake is you expected it to go exactly the way you planned as if you have a crystal ball, which is foolishness. That's right. right. And so we should expect that bad VUCA is going to happen in all plans. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And be prepared to identify it and combat it. So it's interesting. I wish it was, I'm so glad you guys are teaching this because I, it's going to help so many people. It has. When we did the film, we shot the film in 2020, right in the middle of a pandemic. So you think about it. I just got this great story. I tell this story, Jay, how we all started off. Chris calls me and and he says, hey, we got to do it on VUCA. And I'm like, Chris, what is this new virus? He explains it to me. I'm like, okay, this sounds really cool. Countless hours of research, decades of research that has gone into this that we were able to pull from. And he says, hey, why don't you call up uh, General Casey? For those of you who don't know who General Casey is, he was the 36th chief of staff of the Army. I met him in 2010 when he was still chief of staff of the Army back at the Pentagon. I was uh, there for meetings and I met him. And this is the highest ranking Army officer in the United States, let alone the world, right? Runs the most powerful Army in the world. And Chris says, hey, just call him. Just call this guy. And I'm like, Chris, it, it, right. He's going to pick up the phone. <laughs> just, just send him a text message. Hey, yeah, buddy. I'm, uh, yeah. You know. 
I'm going to call a four-star general who happened to be the world's top leader of, and he's, yeah, you can do it. And so I did, but that's the thing about VUCA conditions, right? VUCA conditions, they create tremendous uncertainty and chaos, but at the same time, there's huge opportunity in it. And that's what we did is I called him and guess what? He called back and he said, Hey, fly out in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm taking my crew out there. We sit five hours in his home, get amazing footage. And now we interview him and that kicked off that film. And then we just went from, and that just lined up all our other guests, 17 of America's top thought leaders, best-selling authors, just amazing people like Blue Angels and extreme athletes and neuroscience experts and all this, and pulled it all together with the sole mission to do what you were saying, Jay, which is to help, like, get them out of the front, get unstuck, get out of the mud. It's such an interesting, I have to ask you, like, why did, I'm sorry, I forget his name the man who decided to do this right at that time, like why wait till then and why do it then? Because it was needed the most. What was his thinking or his process where he decided right then and there that this was the time? Oh, with Chris. So Chris Nolan, he's three-time Emmy award-winning director, producer out of Hollywood because the conditions were perfect. Those are VUCA conditions. As veterans, like you and I being veterans, we're accustomed to it. We might not have known the terminology. If we set plans, we could expect that those plans would change, right? There's times that we didn't make it home for birthdays or celebrations or whatever. It would be deployed or whatever the scenario. So plans would always change. So we'd have to learn to adapt, right? The conditions were uncertain. Conditions are always uncertain. We here, the whole world suddenly was having like a military moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's plans changed. Travel stopped. People couldn't see friends, family, they couldn't attend funerals, they couldn't attend weddings, they couldn't do the whole world was experiencing this. Now this was something that you and I had experienced when we served. But now the whole world my was whole life. <laughs> right. My whole life. But I was just maybe lucky that I noticed it or started to see the pattern. But yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. We certainly I think experienced that more so in the military. Yeah. So he just said, hey, let's do it. And he had the foresight to say, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for us to bring light tell the story of VUCA to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And these experts are sitting on the sidelines. They're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Now, we could never have probably shot that film had it not been for those conditions. Because to get those star experts into this film required them to have nothing else on their schedule. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we took advantage. Very- now, do you call that uh, destiny or serendipitous or yeah. is it just chance? I don't know. No, I think it's divine intervention. I think it's yeah. I think it's a story that needed to be told and we stepped to the plate. That's my encouragement to your audience, too, is sometimes they've got something that's just bubbling on the inside of them and they let it pass by. Right. And I have this belief that, hey, listen, if you've got that sense, take action on it, because if you don't, someone else will. If you don't do it, it'll still get done, but it'll be by somebody else. And you'll be sitting on your couch one day going, oh, my God, that was my idea. Yeah, I should have, would have, could have. That's it. You know what? That could happen, but something even worse could happen. It could be something that could change the world. And now no one does it. I think somebody will at some point. Eventually, just not maybe soon enough. Yeah. So tell us about the, the movie. Tell us about the film. Like, how do people get it? What do can we expect? When we watch it, yeah. So we're gonna get out of it. How is it gonna equip us to be able to deal with this in a better way? 
It's really the hero's journey. So if your audience isn't familiar with the hero's journey, I'll brief them on that a little bit. If they are familiar with the hero's journey, they just don't know it's called that. If anybody has ever watched Star Wars, that's the hero's journey, right? And I'll walk your audience through it. You can find the film on Amazon. It's on Apple. If you just go to edsvuka.com, you can find out where it's playing. What they'll get from the film is they'll probably understand the film from a family perspective. Because we actually use my family as the golden thread through it, as a family that was going through this experience of, oh my gosh, I didn't know that there was uh, a galaxy under attack. Okay, this is Star Wars, right? Luke Skywalker doesn't know that there, he's just a farmer. And suddenly something traumatic happens and now he's aware. Most people today, Jay, are living unconscious, right? They're just showing up punching a clock, going to bed, starting over the next day, right? Mm -hmm. They're living unconscious. So when things change, when traumatic events happen, they're suddenly become what we call conscious. That's what happened to Luke Skywalker. His aunt and uncle were killed. All of a sudden, he understood that there were evil forces in play. He became aware. And now all of a sudden, he had this necessity to act. He had to do something about it. Right. At that point, that's when mentors showed up, right? That's when Obi-Wan showed up. Right. Somebody said, hey, I'm going to take you on this journey. And he struggled through it. He had to build resilience. He had to build courage. That's all part of it. Resiliency. OK, that's this necessity to act. And then you get to a point where you start to flip the script, right, where suddenly you go, wait a second, I can tap these higher powers or their inside power. I didn't know that I had or this newfound courage. And that in Star Wars, right, Luke Skywalker going through this evolution of becoming a Jedi. And then you gain tremendous foresight and courage through this whole experience. When they watch the film, it's packed with stories of heroic events that actually tell the common story of people understanding how they navigated an extreme circumstance or situation. One of my favorite stories is the 9-11 story. I think most people are familiar with the movie Dunkirk. There was a boat lift of 300,000 soldiers out of World War II. But what a lot of people don't know is there was one man's decision that helped transport over half a million men and women and children off of lower Manhattan Island after 9-11 in nine hours. Dunkirk was 300,000 over nine days. One man's decision led to 500,000, half a million people being transported off lower Manhattan after 9-11 in nine hours. And we tell that story with footage that's never been before seen. We tell the Black Hawk Down story from General Boykin, who was there and what that extreme condition was. And we tell that story so that people are equipped with, wow, I feel that, I understand it. And we give you a way to navigate an experience or circumstance that you may be going through. In some ways, the film's a bit of a teaser. Originally, we were just going to produce the film. And then people are like, hey, we need practical, tactical application. How do I apply this? And from that evolved the international training company that we now have the VUCA principle that trains leaders internationally on these principles. And people can do self-guided if they want for a lot less <laughs> than what we okay. charge to do it live. Yeah, that's amazing that you opened yeah. it up. First of all, I'm on Amazon Prime. You can get it. It's VUCA, The Secret to Living in the 21st Century. I think it's so interesting and everyone should watch this because I think it's very common in life to have some experience where you feel helpless, you feel out of control. There's so much confusion and chaos. And so you don't even really, sometimes it's very unclear as to what you even need to do to, yeah. to remedy that situation or to navigate through it. So it's such an interesting film that you've laid out these practical stories and examples uh, to kind of showcase that and open people up to understanding a better way of doing that. 
tell us a little bit about the training. So once they watch the film and they're like, I, I've got to know more because that's what's going to happen when I watch it. I'm like, I'm going to have to go through the training now because <laughs> it's too good. But you got me hooked. How do I tell us about yeah. the training? Tell us about the, the coaching and also the self I guess the self-serve. Yeah. So the self-serve, like it's VukaMax.com. If people just want to watch segments of the video and then do the training course on their own, they can do that. They've got to be motivated to do it, mm -hmm. right? You really got to pay attention. You can complete that probably in a week. When we do the cohort training, essentially what we do is it's with cohorts. It's over eight weeks where we work with individuals eight weeks over an eight-week period. And then for an additional 10 months, once a month. So the first eight, eight weeks is once a week for eight weeks. It's pretty intensive. And then we go into monthly cohorts after that to even get the uh, tools and the really the mindset and the methodology more ingrained. And that runs $5,000 per person. It, it's the total tuition for the year is 36,000 with all the tools and resources and training and people involved. But we tuition that we essentially scholarships so people can get involved in that for $5,000 for the year. Wow. That's yeah. Great. So That's it's really good. That's a very reasonable price. Yeah. So it's a very reasonable price for that yeah. value. And the self-serve, it's VucaMax.com. You have the self-serve, which is very inexpensive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to share that or not up to yeah, you. Yeah. But... Yeah. I think it usually that runs 900, a little over 900, like 997. I think it's 50% off right now for the first 20 people that, that register on that. And I can't ever promise this, but sometimes those who take the self-guided, I'll reach out to them personally, or Chris will reach out to them personally and just say hi and congratulate them and answer any questions that they may have. And it's a bit of a shocker for people when we do that. I, yeah. I never promise it because we both have pretty heavy travel schedules and we're working on a new series called The Rise of Humanists in the mm -hmm. Age of AI, which is about the future of life, work, and relationships mm -hmm. in the 21st century. It's pretty in-depth. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to hear what that project is about and how it's going. It's interesting that, so like your, your high ticket program, I'm guessing it's targeted towards execs and entrepreneurs and, yeah. and a lot of professional people who don't mind spending the $5,000. Although I'm a big proponent in investing in yourself and especially in education. Yeah. I would encourage anyone to do that if you feel stuck and you don't know what to do and you need to figure things out. I, that's a very cheap price tag, in my opinion. It took me many years to do it on my own. If I yeah. go back and pay the tuition and, and go through your course, I would. But it's very interesting, and I'm so glad that you opened it up at an, an affordable option for, for individuals who don't have that kind of capital to yeah. invest. They can still get the training and still benefit from it. I, I really appreciate that you guys did that. Yeah. Again, for Chris and I, it wasn't so much about the money. It was really about getting people to understand how to move honestly from stuck to unstuck, right? When you look at the mental health crisis in America, it's because people lose sight of where they're going, mm -hmm. right? When you're around people who are supportive, you've got that community around you and you've got a clear sense of where you're going. And I want to be clear on this. And I say this often, I say people always have a choice. And they say, yeah, but I didn't get on the airplane and choose to have it hijacked. I'm not saying that. You don't always get to pick the circumstance, mm -hmm. right? They're, those are uncontrollable. So those are VUCA conditions. You can't pick those, choose those. You don't even know when they're going to happen. But you always have a choice in how you operate. And what Chris and I said is people are dealing with mental health issues. We don't want 
finances to be a barrier, but we can't give it away because there's a saying in our minds that if it's free, it probably doesn't have value. That's absolutely true. We, right. so my agency works with a lot of courses, high ticket courses, coaches, mm -hmm. consultants, and, uh, and high ticket courses. And that is a more than reasonable price for what you're offering. Oh yeah. You guys yeah. Are, are pricing that in a way to where you're really, you're making some money, but you're giving back to the world because most of our clients charge more than that for their courses. Oh yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. And here we have a, a full feature film that is, it's got some of the world's top leaders in it. For us, it was about giving back. And it, it really is, we have this hundred million person goal. And some people say, man, that's a big stretch, but that's our moonshot is a hundred million people. And we always said, listen, if we can make a dollar for every life we impact, then we'll get to our goal. Yeah. So what do we want that to be? A hundred million. <laughs> yeah. I so that's a good way to do your math. I love those KPIs. That's yeah. a good place. It's so interesting business. I think from a business standpoint, from a profitability standpoint or an income standpoint, a lot of the times I think people lose sight of there's more than one path to get to your end goal as far as what you want the bottom line to be. That, so that's, it's very interesting that you view it that way. Yeah. It is. I mean, at the end of the day, people are freaking out about AI, artificial intelligence is going to take over the world. It's going to replace humans. It's interesting because that's back in the car and buggy days, right? There was that whole debate, <laughs> but we just learned how to repurpose. And as humans, we learn, we evolve. So what we do today will look tremendously different than what we do in 10 years. No question. Sure. But it forces us to be more human. Like how do we evolve ourselves? And I think in many ways, we've probably gotten too soft over the last 20, 30 years. Oh, so there's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's interesting because as a kid and when I wasn't a kid, but I was still younger and I'm still this way. I'm like fascinated with science fiction and technology and all the cool things it can do and its ability to empower people to hopefully do good. But that won't always be the case, but it will sometimes and hopefully most of the time. But now that it's here, it's a little bit scary, too. And I didn't, I never expected that. I never thought of that yeah. 10, 20 years ago, that it would also be a little bit scary. And I, I don't encourage people to be frightened of it. Maybe just a little concerned and a little aware of what's going on would be good. But yeah, it certainly is an interesting time. And, and like you said, the, the pace of the change is, is quickening. And I think that that does add to people's discomfort. So what, yeah, it totally does. We're talking you know, if you're talking like 1923, Kurzweil says this, he's part of Google's AI. And he says, in the next 10 years, we're going to see a hundred years of technological change and growth mm -hmm. in the next decade. So think about that. So from 1923 to present time, that's a hundred years, right? So everything that evolved from 1923 to present day, we're going to see that in the next decade. So no wonder why people's brains are spinning out of control, yeah. right? They're like, oh my gosh, it's way overwhelming. I, some people are still having a hard time giving up the rotary phone. Yeah, right? that's funny, so, man. I like just seeing them. I just, if I see old stuff like that, it's just like fascinating. It's, oh, that's cool, man. See, and I grew know, up on it. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those in a while. And they're like, it works just fine the way it is, you know? And that's cool. <laughs> but that's where we have to have that, to your point, people get a little uncertain or scared or anxious over it. it we have to learn to be curious. And that's yeah. where people are like, how do you combat it? And I go, you really combat it by being curious, mm -hmm. right? It, don't be threatened by it. You have to evolve into a growth mindset. Like mm -hmm. you have to move from life is happening to me. Oh my gosh, look at all the stuff that's happening to me. Look at all the, I'm the victim, right? That's a victim mentality. It's happening to me. 
where we have to switch our mindset and go, wait a second, the things that are happening right now, these are opportunities for me to grow. So life is happening for me. Yeah, absolutely it's, opportunities. And yeah, definitely and, you know, there is a quickening. There's absolutely, I agree 100% with that projection that probably 100 years of tech in 10 years, it's very reasonable to expect in my opinion. Yeah. But we have better tools. 100%. better tools. We have access yeah. to information we didn't have in the 1920s. That's right. We have access to each other. We have access to a lot more things. So we're better capable to, to deal with it as well. Yeah. So that's a positive thing. So oh, anyone's 100%. feeling a little negative about it, there's a positive side too. There's the yin and the yang again. That's right. A hundred percent. Think about when you, you're a bodybuilder, right? You do this stuff. You're a fitness guy. It's it, your body grows when it's what? Under resistance. Yeah. And stressed, right? So you build muscle, right? Because you're putting under resistance or tension. And the same happens with their mind. Now, granted, you have to have rest periods, right? You can't be under constant stress all the time because your body will break down. And that's where people are. That's why we're seeing the mental health crisis because people are not pulling themselves away. They're not giving themselves a respite or they're not building margin into their day or they're not totally unplugging. They're becoming so synthetic. So Chris and I talk about this synthetic world where people are on Zooms all day long or they're on their phones or they don't. And we say, listen, time out. You got to do a digital sunset. Yeah. You got to go walk the dog, right? You got to go experience nature. Put your hand on a tree for five minutes and just. Yeah, it's, I'm so glad you said that because I'm a complete tech guy. I love tech. I love what it can do. But when I get, as soon as I get a chance being done with meetings, being done writing code, being done with automation projects, I want to get away from all the computers, away from my phone. I want to go outside. Yeah, you know, it's that it's that kind of break, that mental break, the emotional break, break and disconnecting from kind of the artificial world and reconnecting with the real world, nature, outside, the sun, fresh air, grass, people, etc. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, that's what we, we labeled the synthetic world. People freak out. Bots like you'll get this, Jay, right? Bots can send emails and text messages and all that stuff. And humans spend a lot of time doing what? Direct message, text messages, emails. And so suddenly it's really easy for them to go, wait a second, I'm going to be replaced by tech. You should be grateful. Let tech do that. You get back into the creative zone. Like right. being human is an art. There's an art to being human yeah. and people need to invest in that art. Yeah. It's an opportunity to invest and understand who you are, why you're here, your impact that you're going to have. We did the film to inspire people to go, wait a second, I'm human. I'm unique. Out of all the species on the entire planet, I'm unique. This is pretty amazing. Yeah. AI will never replace you. No, I can't replace humans. It can replace some of the things that humans do, but it can't replace right. humans. And as you said, there's a positive and a negative side. I think the people who fear what's coming and do nothing they're in trouble and it's yeah. not going to, it's not going to be good for them. But for the people who understand that it's coming and embrace it and say, okay, maybe it's not all good for where I'm at right now. I can make some plans. That's I, right. I can tap into the opportunities That's instead right. of fearing the change and getting rolled over. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I can accept and embrace the change and the new opportunities that it's going to bring for me to maybe to do something that I, I love to do even more, or maybe the thing that you were meant to do. And so I think that 
everyone should try to look at it through that lens. I think they might see things a little bit differently and start to, maybe the wheels will start turning and getting some yeah. ideas. People have to plan, right? You know, I, I joke and say there's two types of plans that might not, you know, plans that don't work and plans that might work, right. but you still have to plan. Yeah. You, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a clear vision. You've got to have the moonshot. There's a, another great story that we tell in the film. I don't want to give I don't want to give it all away because I want <laughs> people to watch the movie. But in the film, we tell the story about the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, right, which it, I don't even know if they teach that in schools anymore. But there was a period Not of time. They graze over it as far as I know. Is that right? Yeah, it's an, it's unfortunate because it's a great story. So Kennedy, who is also Navy, right, he's president. And Cuban Missile Crisis, and yeah, there were some things that would botch in the Bay of Pigs, and oh my gosh, are we going to go to the nuclear war with Russia? And the whole world's like freaking out, like they're on pins and needles, which is not much different, honestly, than today. People freaked out, like, of everything that's going on. And there's this great story where Kennedy's, oh my gosh, the world's about ready to explode. Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to the moon. We're going to put a man on the moon. (laughs) And all of a sudden, he changes the dialogue. He didn't know how we were getting to the moon. It had never been done before. We didn't have the technology to do it. Wasn't even sure if we had the people to do it. And yet he said, hey, we're going to go to, we're going to put a man on the moon. Oh, great. When are we going to do that next hundred years? I don't know, in the next decade. What? In the next decade? That's a moonshot. And people need to have their own moonshots. Like, stop being so logical about how you're going to do something, right? Set that moonshot. Man, I'm going for it. That's and it's going to be that's scary. such a boss move. That's such a boss move. It's such a leader's move to do that. The whole world's melting down. They're freaking out, and he changes the story from "we're about to be in nuclear war" to "we're sending a man to the moon." Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. there's so many great stories out of that. There's another segment where Kennedy's touring NASA, and he sees a guy over there sweeping the floors. Right. And he pulls away from the entourage and he goes over and he says, hey, what's your job here at NASA? And this is a display of true leadership. The man doesn't say, hey, Mr. President, my job here at NASA is to sweep the floor. He says, Mr. President, my job here at NASA is to help put a man on the moon. See, that's leadership. Right. That's how you inspire people who are going back to work. This whole return to work culture or this whole office shock thing that's going on for a lot of people that are going back now. I, I can do what I do at home. Well, you can't because you, you're you living in a synthetic world at that point. And the good companies are now getting their companies to understand, hey, this is our purpose in the world. This is what we do to put a man on the moon, right? I'm using that as, a, as an analogy, but that's leadership. And yeah. too many people today, too many leaders today are trying to solve 21st century problems with 20th century thinking. And they've got to break that cycle. Yeah, I see that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, so many good analogies and case studies from throughout history that you guys put into that. So this yeah. is neat stuff. Do you want to tell us anything about what is it, the book or the new uh, program? Or Yeah. Well, the program is based off the film. And I encourage people to check that out. They can go to itsvukamax.com or itsvuka.com. They can even set up an appointment with one of us. I was mentioning the, the new program, the new film that you have coming. Oh, yeah. It's not a film yet. The okay. It's called The Rise of Humanness in the okay. Age of AI. It's the new book that'll be released in October of 2023 this year. That was an undertaking in and of itself, too, because we had written the original book after the film, and then the whole world changed once again, because Chad GPT went from 1.0 to 4.0. And by the time the book's released, who knows, it might be 6.0 by the time it releases. But it's moving so quickly that we had to update it. And that really is talking about not only the humanity 
and what we bring to the world as humans, but how to cultivate that humanness part of you. So it's a very practical book. So when you get the book, it's filled with tools that will help you bring your humanness to the center. It sounds like a follow-up from VUCA. It really is. It really is based off of VUCA, mm -hmm. but it's really focusing on the human aspect of VUCA. Awesome. I can't wait for that to come out. Where is there? That'll be on Amazon. Up? Okay. It's got to yeah. just be on Amazon. There's no. Yeah, that'll be on Amazon. People can pre-order it now, but it'll be on Amazon. It, uh, I'm hoping we've had some publishing issues. That's again, VUCA. What we just said, <laughs> you know, we just yeah. chalk it up. Oh, it's VUCA. So you adapt and you keep going, but that'll be out on, and we'll release. It'll be a big release statement when we kick it out. Yeah. Yeah. We keep talking about planning and two types of plans, the ones that work and the ones that don't work. I think it, if you have a plan and it doesn't work, that's still better than not having a plan. hundred percent. hundred percent. I always give my analogy of, of life is like whitewater rafting. It's like you're going downstream whether you want to or not, right? Yeah. <laughs> Your job is to avoid the rocks. That's you know, right. Just start with that. That's right. 100%. Yeah. You better chart your course. Understand that the course might change, but at least know where you're going. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. What's, uh, what kind of practical advice? One of my last questions here for you. What piece of advice would you give to people that haven't seen VUCA yet? Yeah. Not familiar with it. Maybe they're feeling stuck maybe helpless, out of control, they're not sure what to do. Obviously they should watch the film. Yeah. But what piece of advice can you give them from the VUCA philosophy that might help them? The piece of advice I, I would give them is understand, it'll be two things. I'm, I'm gonna fold this in and then I'm gonna give the advice piece is number one, life really is an opportunity, no matter what your circumstance is, right? The circumstances are the circumstances and some are more dire than others, no question. But my advice is to do the work and understand what is it you want, right? So if you were to have your best year, this is where I start people, Jay, is if you were to have your best year in life, what does that look like for you? And most people have never taken the time to think that through. What does it mean to have your best year mentally? What does it mean to have your best year physically? What does it mean to have your best year spiritually? What about relationally? What about financially? A lot of people put effort into the finance piece. Oh, if I could only make X. And then they make X and they're still disappointed. Why is it? Because they didn't take into the other, they didn't take into account the other, the, the three other factors that are really important. Your mental state, your physical state, and your spiritual state, right? The piece of advice that I have for people really is to understand what their best year looks like in five different areas. Like if you understand what that looks like from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, a spiritual standpoint, if you can say, this is what my best year looks like physically. It's what it looks like mentally, what it looks like spiritually, relationally, financially. Once that's locked down, it's interesting to see how the world becomes really clear. You see the world in a whole nother light and you're able to make decisions with more clarity because now things become in an alignment. Where people get out of alignment is they're so focused on finances that they sacrifice their bodies and they don't understand why they're miserable. Exactly. And Tony Robbins talks about that a lot too. And yeah, you're right. People, I think, forget that there's other areas of your life that you have to get into check too. Yeah. You know, 100%. A good, good reminder. We all need a reminder once in a while. Yeah. 100%. Perfect. That's my bit of advice for you. That is and good. check out the film. It's VUCA Max great program for people to get involved in. It's VUCA.com. They can see the trailer there and they can reach out to us there too, Jay. Awesome. 
Thanks so much. It was great having you on the podcast and I encourage everyone to check out the film, watch it on Amazon. And I think you're going to learn a lot from it, honestly. Oh yeah. Listen, I watch it. Listen, I co-wrote it. I produced it. (laughs) uh, I'm in it and I still watch it. Not because I like watching myself. It's because there's so many great thought leaders in that film that based on the scenario or the situation, the circumstance I'm going through, I learn from them. Every time, and all of a sudden, I'll have an aha moment. Oh my gosh, what a great reminder. Yeah, and I right. love films because it gives you the, the visual part of, of learning as well. That's right. That's right, 100%. Very effective. Yeah. Awesome. Mike, thanks very much for being on the podcast. It was great having you. Thanks, Jay. Grateful.